Good evening to each one of you and greetings in Jesus' name. It has been a blessing to be here with you all this weekend. Uh, the fellowship, the, yeah, the camaraderie of knowing that we have a faith that binds us together is such a blessing. And so just thank you for your encouragement, for your hospitality. And uh, I guess the best thing that any of us can do is just to continue serving our glorious God and Father. The subject this evening, honor your father and mother. <laughs> well, I haven't always succeeded in that. And I do recognize that as we get older, we mature. And it's amazing how much more our parents mean to us as we get older and as we experience some things in lives in our own lives as well and so this is not just to young people but this this message this evening is to all ages because it's not just children obeying but this is honoring our parents and when we look back in the Old Testament, <clears throat> back in Exodus chapter 20, it says, And God spake all these words, and then He said, These are the commandments that I'm giving you. And He started out saying, You're gonna have, You should have no other gods before you. And He talks about the, the relationship between man and God in these first several verses. But in the last part, it's talking about our relationship between man and man, one to another. In verse 12, it says, Honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. You know, we talk about the Ten Commandments. They're big things. You know, and we look at those things, those Ten Commandments, and we think, oh, well, no, I'm not planning on stealing, I'm not planning on killing, I'm not planning on committing adultery, bearing false witness, and many of these other things. I want to love the Lord our God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. We don't want to set up other gods before us. You know, we look at those other ones and we think you know those are pretty big things but how do we look at that verse 12 honor thy father and thy mother that thy days may be long upon the land which the lord thy god giveth thee so i wanted to ask a couple of questions in the onset do you find it hard sometimes to do let me let me rephrase that do you sometimes find it hard to do what your parents ask of you. And you don't need to raise your hands or acknowledge anything. I just want to, I want to get your mind and gears turning. Also, how do you respond when your parents make certain requests of you? Can you honor your parents and still be independent from them as we get older as we maybe 
move into our own place or establish our own home? Does marriage change your relationship with your parents? And do you love your parents? And I would dare say that all of us would say, absolutely, we do love our parents. The word honor here in Exodus carries the meaning of to make something weighty, something heavy. It carries the meaning of making it glorious and even to promote it because it's something excuse me, something that is rich. In this verse, it also says in the last part of that verse, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Well, I don't know who the, who's the oldest person in here, but uh, maybe it's because they honored their parents that they've lived a long life. What do you think? And people that die young, maybe they haven't honored their parents. No, I'm not saying that. It doesn't mean that if someone dies young, it's because they didn't listen to their parents. However, <clears throat> we need to recognize that sometimes disobedience and maybe even, yeah, I don't know exactly the right word. Maybe, maybe just not listening, which disobedience, sometimes the consequences of that can cause pain, death, whatever, in our lives. And we don't know what our disobedience may bring to us, but we see when, when we disobey God and His Word, when we live lives apart from God, a lot of times our lives are affected in a physical way along with that spiritual way that we relate as I've shared earlier in the week, in the beginning God designed that family unit, that man and that woman to become one flesh. We talked about that. The husband was to be the provider. The wife would be that help meet. And together they would procreate. And then they would teach the next generation. But in that those verses in verse 24 of chapter 2 of Genesis, it says, Therefore shall a man leave his father and mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be one flesh. So, does that mean that leaving and cleaving absolves you of honoring your father and mother? Let's look a little further. <clears throat> leave means to loosen. This word leave means to loosen or relinquish that honor. I mean to relinquish that relationship just a bit. It means to commit oneself. It means to forsake where you were. But it also means to fortify, to help. The word cleave, as I shared earlier, means to glue together, to catch by pursuit, to abide fast, to follow hard and close after to be joined together to weld. And so as we look at that verse, as a husband and wife, man and woman come together as one flesh and establish that home, 
it doesn't mean that we relinquish or we get rid of that honor that we give to our parents. It doesn't mean that we totally ignore them and what they have as input into our lives because their experience, their knowledge imparted to us in a godly way can tremendously help us as we avail ourselves to that knowledge. But it means that we relinquish the allegiance from our parents and then we align ourselves with our spouse. We commit ourselves and we pursue being joined together like being glued together or welded together. God knew that man needed someone to be his support, his aid. And the woman would need that protector, that guide. And God also knew that in times forward, these responsibilities would be passed on to the next generation. So how do a man and wife pass on faith? How do they pass on obedience? How do they pass on love? How do they pass on honor? How do they pass on respect? Model it. Think about it. You know, in our home, my mom, she came from a home that was a little less fortunate. But you know, mom wanted something more than what she grew up with. And she very much stressed that we mind our manners. And so that was something that was very much fortified in our home. She stressed that we learn how to set a table properly. She stressed that we learn how to work in the home. She stressed that we learn how to be respectful of other people, to say please and thank you, to mind our manners. And dad, as well, taught us some of those good things. And that was to be respectful of those that were older than you. And so, when you walk into a room, you know, it is respectful for people that are greeting to come and greet you. And as you are sitting around and someone older comes into the room, it's just respectful for you to rise and shake their hand and offer them a seat more than what you would have for your own comfort. But first, we have to cultivate it in our lives personally. And I shared that as well. We have to cultivate this stuff first in our lives, in our homes. And I'm so thankful for Paula's help in our home. And it's, it's been a blessing to me. But we have to cultivate it and then we live it out and we teach it. Not only do we just say it, but we live it out. We can't pass on something that we do not have. So in order to pass on faith, we must first possess that faith. In order to pass on love, we must first possess that love. In order to, pa to pass on obedience, we all need to be there. To transmit respect and honor, we need to show that in our lives first to other people. And so, sometimes along life's way, we need to give some very pointed correction to those that are coming up after us. 
And some of those things that have, that, yeah, I want to be careful. Some of those things can be very right between the eyes. Don't talk to me like that. Don't talk to your mother like that. Don't act like that. Be respectful. That is no way to act. We are supposed to live it out. Live out our faith with obedience. Hebrews 11.1 1, This so familiar verse. Now, the faith, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Are you exemplifying faith in your life? In Hebrews 11.6 it says, Without faith it is impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God must believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. Are you a man or woman of faith? We exemplify honor to our mother and father when we exemplify faith in our lives. And that can be many tears. It can, I'm not settled meaning, I mean levels, not tears. That can be many tears or levels because as we honor those, then our children honor us, then that honor is transmitted. But faith, it, we must have that faith and that to pass it on. As we look at Abraham in Genesis chapter 12, it says that God called Abraham out. And I wanted to read a couple of verses in, in Genesis and then I want to go to the Hebrews chapter 11, the faith chapter. So you can turn there if you want or you can just follow along. It says, Now the Lord had said unto Abraham, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation and I will bless thee and make thy name great and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee and curse him that curseth thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. And it says here in verse 4, So Abraham departed. He departed. It says, So Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken unto him. And Lot went with him. And Abram was seventy and five years old. We look at Abraham and he practiced in his life this faith, this following God. He had a relationship with God and through that bond of faith, he responded to God in obedience. Now I want you to think about this. God called him apart out of the land of his nativity. No direction, no rhyme or reason. And yet... He left and went. Hebrews 11.8 says, By faith, Abraham, when he was called, out, called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed, and he went out, not knowing whether he went. Abraham had a relationship with God. He had faith. And through that, he honored God. We don't always understand those directives that our parents may give us. We may not always understand everything 
that our parents desire of us when they give us some direction. But sometimes we need to look at it as Abraham did. Do you think they care about you and your direction? Do you think God cared about Abraham and his direction? Do you think God cared about Abraham and the many generations after that? It says he did because he said, I will make of thee a great nation. I will bless thee and make thy name great and thou shalt be a blessing and I will bless them that bless thee and curse him that curseth thee and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. Through this act of obedience, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob blessed the world through Jesus Christ. So, do you love God? Yeah, I would imagine that you do. Are you practicing what the Ten Commandments are telling us? Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, mind, and strength. Have no other gods before us. Loving others as ourselves the new, in the New Testament. Do you love your parents? You know, we don't have to really meet certain requirements to be loved of God. Because He loves us unconditionally. He loved us even when we were enemies with Him. In Romans 5.8 it says, But God commendeth His love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ, His only begotten Son, died for us. Do you love God? Do you love your parents? Jesus exemplified His love for the Father in His obedience. And we all know that love is a choice. And we show our love for God for our families and for others by the way that we relate to them, by the things that we choose. And even when there are sometimes, even when there are sometimes differing opinions on different things, we still need to show forth love because oftentimes there will be disagreements. But is there love and grace and mercy available? Think about how much love, grace, and mercy God has shown to you individually, personally. Some things are personal opinions. They're not really right or wrong. But sometimes they are a right or a wrong issue. And sometimes we just need to take that as good, godly advice and then live in obedience. In family life, there are times when a standard or a request may not be to your liking. And this is where love comes in. This is where love becomes a choice. And we show our love by our obedience, by our submission. And in most cases, these requests are made, they're made because there is a certain amount of care and restraint for your own good. As I was sharing with one of the brethren here, he said today that there were times where he told his children, you know, I can't really say that this is right or wrong, but I just have this feeling that maybe you shouldn't do that. 
And I can't explain that to you right now. But there were times where his children came back and said, well, something like this and this happened. And it gave them a little clearer understanding. And I'm thankful for God's leading in some of those areas because we all need to be led by the Spirit. Someday, as you submit to your parents, as you listen to their guidance, as you obey them, submit to them, someday you also will be making some decisions for life. And maybe even for those that are given into your care, making some requests, setting some standards, will you want your children to follow the same path you did in obedience, in love, in responsibility, in, in love, in respect and honor? Will you want your children to pattern your life? That's a challenge to me. God showed us the ultimate example of love in setting a standard for being a part of His kingdom. And we know these, these verses oh so well. In John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. God loved us when we were enemies, but He allows us into His kingdom under conditions. And that is that we accept the only begotten Son. 1 John 4.10 Herein is love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be a propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. God loves you. And He wants what's best for you. And He gave us some very distinct directions in how we should love and honor and respect our mother and father and other people. And Jesus said in John 14, If you love Me, keep My commandments. Do you love God? Do you love the Lord Jesus Christ? His commandments are not that hard. They're not grievous. It says in John 15, If you keep My commandments, ye shall abide in My love, even as I have kept My Father's commandments and abide in His love. Jesus was that perfect example. If ye keep My commandments, ye shall abide in My love. It's conditional. If ye keep My commandments. You're going to be a part of My love, even as I have kept My Father's commandments and abide in His love. John 15, verse 14, Ye are My friends if ye do whatsoever I command you. Are you a friend of Jesus? Are you living in obedience to His Word? Well, Jesus says, If you love Me, keep My commandments. That's what we want as parents. That's what we want as teachers. That's what we want as ministers and others that have some type of leadership roles This is what we want to see in others, in you as younger. If you love me, keep my commandments. As I said earlier today, children, just listen. It's not that hard. But oftentimes that old nature in us is like, 
well, I want to do it my way. I don't like the way you have the way that you told me I have to do that. But if you love me, simply listen. Simply keep my commandments. God loves us without any merit on our own part. And yet He gave us some of these conditional guidelines to enter into that family of God. We have to have faith, as I said earlier, to accept Christ, to live in obedience. And like Abraham did, we need to live by faith. And he obeyed. We have standards in our homes. We have standards in our businesses and in our schools. And we were talking at school the other day. Uh, anybody remember Ross Perot? He ran for president third party quite a number of years ago. And I think it was George H.W. Bush, his second term. But Ross Perot, <clears throat> excuse me, Ross Perot was a businessman, a, a business tycoon, and he expected something of his employees. They had to have a close cut haircut. They had to wear a suit and tie to work every day. And he basically laid out those guidelines and said, if you want to work here, this is how you're going to appear because I want to look professional and I want you to be to represent me in a professional way. How do we represent Christ? How do we represent our parents and others around? How do we live our lives? Do we practice a submission to the standards in our homes, in our businesses, in our schools? Somewhere along the road, you are going to run into somebody or something and you're going to have to submit. The sooner we learn that, the better off we're going to be. I've been involved in Christian school or Christian school since 2006 and 7. And you know, children give a picture of what's in the home. And the way that they respond to authorities, to teachers, to whoever, gives a picture of what they have learned in the home. And again, I say, we're not the standard by any means. But what are we teaching? What are we living? If we cannot learn to follow in the small things in life, how will we ever learn to submit to a holy God that has set a standard, that has set some guidelines for us? Along with that, our churches have set some guidelines. And most of us are voluntary members of our churches. None of us, I don't believe, were forced into membership to join, to be a part of the church. It's a voluntary, it's a, it, it's, yeah, it's a voluntary thing that we do. And as a member of the church, it is our responsibility because of what we have promised to do to uphold those standards. Are you in your life being obedient to the standards of the church? And I say that to myself. Am I living a life of obedience in standards? Our obedience to the Word, our obedience to our parents, 
It shows what's in our heart. It shows whether you want to live, to love, to submit. It shows whether you want to honor by your obedience. Do you want to see obedience? Then you're going to have to live it. Do you want to see love and submission? Then you're going to have to live it. Do you want to be honored? Then we need to be honorable. Your children, our children, others around us can very quickly see if you're bucking the system. It's not that hard. It is a cheerful obedience or it is a stoic, I have to. And so if you want to see it, then we need to be it. We need to honor those that we love by our faithfulness, by our obedience to the Word. Our lives may take a different course than our parents. There's no question about that. My life has taken a different course than what I grew up. And many of you all have maybe taken a slightly different course than what you grew up with. But as we live in obedience to God and His Word, I think that that can honor our parents, even if we don't follow exactly where they have been or have requested that we do. This calling in our lives to be faithful is a testimony in itself. There was a number of years ago that a man came to me and he said, Davey, he said, I just wish you would talk to this person and tell them that you think I'm on that, that I'm on the right track. And I told this person, I said, you know, I really don't need to talk to them. I said, because your life will tell in time whether you are living for the Lord and following after God or whether you're not. And within about, yeah, I don't know, within a, within a number of years, this person that asked me to go and talk to someone and tell them that they were in, on track soon left many things that have been taught in our Christian home and churches. It grieves our heart. And yet we say, I'm so glad. But our lives exemplify what is in our heart. As you observe people, you can see what their bent in life is. And a lot of times their bent in life changes over time. While there is life, there's hope. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for God's mercy in my life that He has allowed me to grow in my faith. And I'm thankful for the mercy and forbearance of others around me that they've given me an opportunity to mature. And I've still got a ways to go. As people watch you, they observed the same thing. Matthew 7, verse 18, A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Wherefore, by their fruits ye shall know them. Verse 20, God wants us to live a life of righteousness. He wants us to live a life of holiness. In 1 Peter 1, starting at verse 13, it says, Wherefore, 
Gird up the loins of your mind. Be sober and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you by the revelation of Jesus Christ. Verse 14. As obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lust in your ignorance, but as He which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation, because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. Honor your father and mother. We honor our father and mother by our faith. We honor our father and mother by our love. We honor our father and mother by our obedience, by our honoring other people, by our respect. What more can we give in return to God or our parents than to love the Lord and live in obedience? What better way to honor our father and mother than to live in like manner? May we be challenged to follow God, to honor Him, to love Him, to honor our mother and father, and that our lives can be a testimony of the glory of God and His mercies in our lives. Let's stand for prayer. Father, we thank You again for the opportunity to share with this congregation this weekend. Lord, what a blessing it has been to be able to fellowship with them, to reconnect with people that we have not been around for a while. And we thank You, Father, for Your Word that teaches us. Lord, we pray that You would help us as we go from this place that we can have a high standard for the Christian home. Father, that we can learn to honor our mother and father, that we can teach our children, and Lord, that we can have a Christian home that will glorify You. So Lord, I pray that the words that were shared this weekend would glorify You, would challenge us to live a life of holiness, and may that faith and holiness be passed on to the generations that follow after. We pray these things in Christ's precious name. Amen. You may be seated. May we, could we have a song, please?